frameworks are dangerous. You know, when you have a framework, whether it be safe or less or whatever, you have bottom line, you actually have processes and procedures in how to work. And people can be forgiven for mistaking that this is it. If we implement this framework, ergo, we're agile. That's the sort of danger. Hi there, and welcome to DevOps Sauna. Someone would say that agile software development has led to a major paradigm shift to the entire software industry. And many companies want to be more agile also in other parts of the business. However, they might not have a clear understanding of why and how the change to agile enterprise would be relevant for them. Less so, do they know the impact that such change would have to their organization or how complex is the change they are making? Some companies have shown that the benefits of an agile enterprise transformation far exceeds the potential costs if done right. And for some industries, it might actually be a matter of survival. We invited Christopher Rueng, enterprise architect and a consultant at a company called Commitment in Norway, and Lande Kastmerk, the country manager of Eficode Norway and leader of the agile transformation business at Eficode. Amongst other things, Christopher and Lande discuss why should an enterprise want to be agile, how it is connected to enterprise architecture, and where to start. Let's tune in. Thank you for taking the time, Christopher and Lande, and welcome to DevOps on a podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Lapa. We are going to talk about the interesting topic today, which is implementing agile enterprise and Christopher had added a note a huge change in enterprise architecture and I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to relate to that and and I must say that uh, although I am not myself a practitioner in this I have tried to pre- practically acquaint myself with the literature around the agile enterprise or our agile practice whether it's an agile enterprise or not agile practice and try to apply that in marketing so if I step in and participate in the conversation, then it uh, it's useful to remember that my own subject matter is in marketing and just desperately trying to take the most out of uh, the skills and the practices that I see around me at Eficode. We are going to have a few questions, six, seven questions around this topic, and then then it's going to be a heated conversation in those questions. So why don't we just go right into the first one. Why would an enterprise, why would a company on the whole want to be agile? Yeah, I I, um, I love this, uh, this kind of question because it's, for me, it speaks to the whole meaning of the word agile and what agile in of itself. Um, I, I, I don't think, and at least I hope, there's not many organizations that just have a goal to be agile because you know, being agile in of itself doesn't actually mean anything, but I'm assuming that there is a specific business goal that they want to attain in which working in a more agile manner and using those principles will enable them to attain that goal. So for me, I'm I'm very keen on, you know, it's not about an organization wanting to be agile. It's about the methods they want to use to achieve a business goal. What do you, what do you think, Christopher? Absolutely, uh, and uh, uh, it's in the nature of many companies and individuals as well uh, to sort of search for stability. Uh, they want to uh, be in a stable situation where sort of nothing changes and 
um within the last decades uh stability has become more or less an illusion uh change is coming faster and faster and is uh, coming mm. continuously and uh, now we could say a change is the only stable thing in the world absolutely yeah and for me agility is um, more or less uh being able to respond to changes and um uh, it could be changes in the market or competition or technology or within recruitment or whatever uh but uh agile is a mindset uh that uh, helps a company or an individual to be able to respond to a change which would be a counter change and uh, uh this mm. uh, response could uh, either to exploit an opportunity coming uh, or it could be to mitigate a threat and uh, um i think uh, all companies should uh, embrace this mindset because it uh, makes it uh, it makes them uh, able to continuously improve the way of uh, how they're actually working uh, make them uh, learn continuously and uh, if, um, sort of a place where everything gets better day for day it's a nice place to work and that's should be a goal for most uh, companies. Absolutely, but you said you said something there. You said you mentioned you you kept on using the word change, you know, and 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 for me, in a way, it's it's not you don't necessarily it's not just about change though, is it? I mean, if we look at if we look into DevOps, we very much talk about development and operations as, as an example. So it's it's really more about. You know, regardless of whether it's a change an organization wants to do or a more efficient way of working and operating and, you know, reaching a business goal, you know, agile is quite relevant, right, I guess? Absolutely. And uh, for me, um, uh, change is a big word. It uh, it has different meanings and uh, it... Um, uh, I like to substitute change often with uh, improvement because we would like to have most changes being improvements. Uh, but of course, um, all external changes won't be improvements necessarily. Uh, we could have uh, threats or uh, changes in the market, uh, changes that we are not able to control. Uh, but uh, uh, I th- I'd like to think of um, uh, even uh, development of how we work or uh, improvements. They are changes. They are minor changes, and uh, if, uh, some are um, externally motivated and some are internally motivated. We are actually wanting to change because uh, we have developed such a culture. So, uh, mm. if, uh, mm. uh, and uh, if, uh, I like to think of agile as a mindset that are embracing that willingness of uh, improvement and wanting to actually uh, if, uh, if learn and uh, if, uh, face those changes uh, uh, that we are uh, um, putting on internally, and that will mm. train us to be able to respond to external changes when necessary. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and there's, you know, there's another point as well, you know, in terms of why an enterprise wants to be agile, which is, is something I've seen in a, at a recent customer site, but I think it's also something we potentially is not at the forefront of your mind. And actually it's recruitment, right? It's, it's, it's recruitment and sustaining people within an organization in terms of, you know, having to keep up with new ways of working, expectations of the kind of profiles that you want to be able to have as part of your organization and fulfilling that employee need, right? To, to work in a much more, um, how, how do you say this? A, a newer, a newer environment, a more innovative environment. You know, I think that's also something as well to, to bear in mind, not just the business aspect, but also a people uh, perspective, you know, make, making your organization more relevant today. Two observations, if I may just uh, throw in. Um, you talked about chains, and that reminds me that there's a lot of talk about this uh, thing that some people call agile transformation, which can be getting more attention than it would need on the long run. But maybe it's because they are coming from a world, um, from a different world, and they're going to a different world. And, and to do that transition, you need to do transformation. But then there's also this this place to be like once you are in the in the agile uh, you apply agile way of working then it's it's no longer a transformation it's like a new place to be and um, so that that's observation so are you coming from old to new versus are you already in the new and are you trying to stay there in the best possible way and the other comment was um, I was half a year ago I was going back and trying to do a little bit sort of agile using agile tools that are available to pull the health of the team and there are all these uh, these sort of satisfaction surveys that you can do for your employees but then I found one uh, particular someone that I something that I liked quite a bit and then I dug in deeper and it seemed to have come from Spotify and it was part of like Spotify's way of doing agile which was it was simply a survey you run your teams to get the health check of the team there was absolutely nothing in that survey that would have indicated that this is enterprise agile but knowing it's coming from there could indicate that it has born of the basis of practicing agile. I think, you know, Lapa, you've touched upon something that, that um, oh, sort of, you know, makes the hackles in the back of my neck stand up a little bit, right? Which is the things that get the label of agile just for the sake of it, right? So like what you described now in terms of this survey that's done, I mean, what makes it agile? You know, you know you, you're doing a survey to understand the well-being of people and how they feel within an organization. Exactly. You know, I, I see absolutely no reason why that needs to have a agile label on it. You know, this is something that all organizations should do anyway. And then the other point that you made uh, right at the beginning when you were talking about the agile transformation. And, and I think what you were alluding to is that, you know, you have a current state and the point is that you are transforming to a future state. And the transformation, you know, in itself, the agile transformation is the part you know, it's, it's the bit in between, you know. Um, and I think even that, I mean, you've, you've 
no doubt both of you have read the same articles and seen the same sort of clickbaity titles that I've seen as well. Why are your agile transformations failing, etc.? And I think it's back to what the what the first question is, right? If you're doing agile for the sake of agile, right, um, then it will fail. But if there's a specific business goal that you want to achieve, mm. and this way of working will help you reach that goal, then yeah. great. But if you're just changing, we're going to implement the Spotify model. Why? You know, if mm. there is no rhyme or reason behind it, as opposed to, well, apparently we're supposed to start working like this now, then the principles actually have less yeah. meaning. You're just actually going through the ceremonies and going through yeah. the steps. Yeah, uh, I agree. And um, I sort of uh, see um, agile transformation is a never-ending process. Uh, as I said uh, in the beginning, um, uh, companies search for stability they come from a sort of stable world where uh, if, uh, traditional world where stability was actually a thing and uh, I don't think there is a such thing as um, stable agile world uh, you might be uh, better prepared for it but you will always uh, sort of be in movement uh, when you're uh, going for uh, this vision of being agile and you will never come to a, a sort of a destination because it, it's no destination uh, it's a, a vision far beyond uh, uh, the horizon you will never actually get there uh, but you can get closer and closer and closer uh, if every day and uh, it's sort it's sort of uh, the companies that are successfully being agile are the companies that are successfully accepting that there is no finite goal in the end uh, there is no destination they're actually just uh, going on the road and the journey itself is the meaning and uh, if you have to accept that this is life sort of and, 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 and that, yeah, so, so that's the continuous improvement part, right? So it's not a destination. It's your initial destination is potentially giving you the ability to able to, to be able to continuously improve mm. and adapt. But, um, but I would hope that you're not continuously transform, transforming. I don't want to say that because continuously transforming and evolving, actually, I prefer that. It's good to see that you should be trans continuously evolving right but not transforming because you know transforming mm. is a much larger process you know and uh, it's 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 a bit softer to be continuously evolving and and i guess that's really what you're what you're saying christopher right yeah and uh, i also like to see uh, transformation is the sum of all the small improvements uh, it's not one process you're sort of you're not implementing a transformation process uh, at least it's not <laughs> converting from uh, traditional to agile um, but uh, if, uh, if there are all these small uh, increments talking in agile terms uh, that are uh, uh, summing up to become the entire transformation in the end yeah in the headline um, that says implementing agile enterprise huge change in enterprise architecture there's this enigma 
or, or there's at least a mystery that I believe that you want to unpack, which is uh, alluding that it changes an enterprise architecture, which we haven't discussed yet. Yeah. Why is that? Why implementing agile enterprise is a change in enterprise architecture? Well, uh, first, I think we should just sort of discuss the subject uh, architecture. What is actually architecture and what is uh, architectural descriptions or uh, uh, sort of documentation? And uh, architecture is the actually perceived components of anything. If it's a building, it's the actual building, uh, how it looks, uh, the acoustics, uh, what environment it's put in, uh, the materials, how it feels, uh, how sort of the all the people within are uh, uh, engaging and so on. And that makes the architectural impression that you and I could feel. And the same thing applies to an enterprise. Uh, there are properties within uh, the, uh, the enterprise and the enterprise architecture is the sum of all the people in the enterprise, uh, the knowledge and competence they're actually using, uh, how they're actually working. And it's important here, to it's, it's not the process diagrams, it's how they're actually working. Uh, it's their mindset, how you build up the organization culture, what tools and technologies they're actually using. And you could also say it's the building and facilities and surroundings they're actually working within. And uh, these things uh, sort of uh, build up the enterprise architecture. And uh, if you're going to change any of these components, it's a change of the enterprise architecture. Even though you might not have an enterprise architect to actually plan or build uh, these changes, uh, and uh, sort of uh, if we go to a more agile or DevOps uh, world, we are actually changing every one of, the, uh, of these components. Uh, we try to uh, not necessarily change the people, but we are changing uh, the their knowledge, the how they. Uh, work, uh, their mindset, uh, how they collaborate together, and also the tools and technology they are using, and uh, if, uh, so, and uh, it doesn't change whether you extend this to other parts of the business to become more agile. And um, uh, I believe quite a lot of uh, the listeners here uh, know Martin Fowler, and uh, he also compares uh, or uh, has a description of why architecture matters, and uh, he explains that um, a good system design or system architecture allows uh, scalability and large growth uh, in functionality. If you are actually uh, being able to scale, you need a good architecture to begin with. Uh, and uh, if, uh, sort of bad architecture leads to a sort of upper limit where it will be impossible to implement more functionality because you will have 
too many dependencies there will be too many interconnections and uh, a small change to a small part will lead to uh, difficulties in other parts of the system and um, uh, I believe that uh, if we sort of interchange the word functionality in his uh, um, uh, talk, TED talk uh, with successful changes you could say the exact same thing to enterprise architecture if you are actually uh, wanting to have successful, uh, being able to successfully change within an enterprise, you need a good enterprise architecture in the bottom. And of course, some companies, I believe, uh, have this naturally, and uh, they haven't uh, sort of planned for it, but they are still having a good enterprise architecture in uh, in the bottom, uh, and uh, other companies have not, even though they had uh, enterprise architects and uh, <laughs> they have been planning this for, uh, for perhaps decades, uh, but they uh, have the same problems with actually adapting and actually being able to change. So uh, I believe this uh, sort of understanding of uh, enterprise architecture being. Uh, um, that implementing agile enterprise is a huge change in the enterprise architecture and understanding how that work it's really important can i can I, chris have just a question here for me though so when typically when you see organizations you know embarking on a transformation for example as it's termed you know you will you, you start to see specific roles now called head of transformation or head of transition and transformation or you know, it's something that's led by the CIO. I mean, from what you've just described now, it sounds to me, you know, you feel that the 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 bottom line of actually what you're doing in this transformation is enterprise architecture, because enterprise architecture encompasses, you know, a lot of how you work, the way you work, the systems you use, etc. So why why is it, at least certainly I see it, you know, I, I see that there is for sure an involvement of the enterprise architecture, but it's a part of as opposed to leading the transformation why why do you think that is is it something you recognize even i mean it's something that i see but i don't know if it's something that you've seen um i'm i'm not sure actually um uh i believe uh Many enterprises have trying to being more agile and have tried to change their uh, enterprise architecture to become more agile. And uh, I believe um, one of the major issues for many enterprises has been uh, actually the financial part. It's uh, uh, They have started the, the initiatives within the technology sections Mm-hmm. Uh, they might have some development projects uh, that have been quite successful, and they have uh, be, sort of uh, they have had a, um, a successful uh, software development project or uh, even department. Uh, but when extending, they meet uh, some issues, and they are not able to uh, to implement it in other parts. And one of the major issues is it uh, that the budgeting processes are not aligned to how we are actually doing things in Agile. Uh, and hmm. um, I believe that that is uh, um, 
an issue that uh, m- many will recognize. And uh, yeah. if, um, there are sort of solutions for that as well. I don't know if uh, that uh, really answered your question, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it does. You, you do answer my question somewhat. I mean, it's it's just really sort of, you know, my experiences where you know when I when I have been you know a part of a, a transformation. You know, when I look at how how the transformation itself was instigated, you know. Um, and then, and then, how enterprise architecture was then pulled into that context, it differs, you know, from you know the very good explanation you you, you you've given here about how you know the role of enterprise architecture know, within yeah. agile. And I have to say that I completely you know agree with you um, because I think you can't actually transition truly to a more agile way of working without actually looking at the systems. And your infrastructure now, but I'm looking at it very much from a technology perspective and saying, yes, there's very, it's all very well sort of changing how you work, right? But you also have to change the systems that you have. They also need to be compatible to enable you to be able to work in that way. And sometimes I see that that's quite often secondary to the we're changing, you know, uh, we're, we're going to become more agile. Right, and we have a transformation pro, uh, project that's going to take eighteen months, and I'm like, that's just the icing on the cake. The eighteen months, it's going to take you another four or five years to actually change your infrastructure for you to truly get there, you know. But I guess it doesn't look nice on the mm. balance sheet or you know on on the project charter to say this is a five year project because everyone's going to be like, well, uh, you know, that's going to take too long. Or uh, or or even you're actually. Uh, or you're actually having a sort of a never-ending project because it's uh, it uh, agile transformation is definitely unsuitable for a project organizations. Mm-hmm. It won't work. You you can't have set put an okay at this t- time even uh, five years, ten years, twenty years. You won't be able to reach it uh, yeah. because it, uh, it it's a continuous process. Absolutely, absolutely. No, that's very good. Everybody agrees that the three things are imperative. It's the people, it's the processes, and it's the technology. It's like the the oldest adage you can find on on any change. But then what I'm hearing is that it, it it's more than the discussion. What what do you call that? And so here we are calling it enterprise architecture, and we say that it it comprises of these things. But just to stir stir the soup a little bit, I, I go back 15 years and I think what how was enterprise architecture defined where I came from and I'm thinking from from the five domains it was the it Mm. was basically the process the information the technology the security and the application architectures well that didn't include people surprisingly enough like that was Mm. that was a very rigid definition of enterprise architecture but it didn't include people that basically your description starts with people so there's maybe there are as many definitions on what should be included than there are the the, the terms of course there are uh, different definitions and uh, there are different frameworks for this and uh, if um, i'm trained in togaf and then i don't practice togaf strictly uh, but uh, if, uh, togaf is a sort of a major uh, architectural framework for uh, for this and uh, most frameworks are more or less common sense put in system uh, if, and um, uh, Toga uh, have this component called actors, uh, those who are actually 
performing the process and processes or uh, uh, providing services and so on and um, uh, it's a part and uh, I believe it's important to understand that how the enterprise is perceived by others is strictly depending on the people as well <laughs> uh, because uh, you could have all your processes and of course all your tools and uh, whatever you would like but it would be nothing without the people <laughs> yes I mean, I have this, I have the beginning of a, of a blog post in mind that I started creating an outline and the title is, you know, yet another article or yet another blog post about uh, why your transformations are going wrong. And, and my next line, this is what I started with. And my next line is, it's because transformations are all about people, people, people. That's what it is, you know? So, so I'm, I'm 100% with you. I mean, it's kind of like, I, I think sometimes we get lost, right? We get lost in, in, in the tooling and the processes. Even when we talk about agile, we get lost in the principles. And and although we say it is about people and, and being more agile, or, you know, working with an agile mindset is about people, when you actually do the transformation, you fundamentally lose sight of the fact that you are changing people's perspectives. You are changing how they work. You are testing their knowledge and their experience, you know, and for majority of people, you know, in the middle age and whatever, this is a scary thing, you know? So you kind of wonder like, well, it's a change. It's, it's, it's for, for most people, it's a work life change. You're removing roles, you know, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more about, uh, it's just, it's all about people. It's Lauria again, delivering software quickly, reliably and safely is at the heart of technology transformation and organizational performance. But what are the essential characteristics of high-performing software organization that set them apart from the rest? That is what Landa Kostberg and Mark Dillon from Elficode addressed in one of our recent webinars with Atlassian. Lande and Mark examined how organizations are able to scale their business and how they can drive growth in new and ambiguous situations. You can find the link in the episode in the show notes. Now let's get back to our talk with Christopher and Lande. Um, I believe that uh, many don't understand that changing the mindset is also a huge change of people because then you're not yeah. only changing how they're actually being perceived or how they work or so, but you are actually changing how people think. Yes. And that is <laughs> that, that's uh, the really important thing and uh, I believe actually most uh, sort of uh, agile uh, uh, tools and frameworks and uh, uh, even it's uh, scrum or it's uh, uh, other uh, methods um, they are uh, focusing on uh, changing the mindset and it's uh, really important it's stated in all literature and uh, 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 the trainers on uh, scrum courses and whatever they're focusing on uh, we are changing the mindset but i re i don't think everyone actually understands what that means yeah it's not something you go on a course for is it no it's not uh and uh, uh i believe this is the same thing as uh, if, uh within a transformation you have uh, all these small nudges 
building up to a transformation and uh, what we are actually transforming is the mindset and uh, the really important thing is uh, that you can't do this in a one big leap you have to take all these small nudges all the time I am hearing that there is a tons of agreements between what it is and what it isn't but inevitably people and organizations still come across the choice and the choices between the frameworks like some, somehow it's impossible to talk about enterprise agile or agile transformation without talking about frameworks <laughs> what are your opinions about frameworks and then once we have got them on the table then then maybe the leading question is despite or or because of them how do you then recommend to do it and, and where to start yeah if, if i may go first you know i i think i frameworks frameworks are dangerous actually i'll say it there i've said it right because i think it gives you a a, a false sense of um a false sense of security you know i think it it we've just finished talking about how it's all about people right and then you know when you have a framework whether it be safe or less or whatever you have you know bottom line you actually have processes and procedures in how to work and people it you know people can be forgiven for mistaking that this is it if we implement this framework ego we're agile right so that's that's the sort of danger you know that i think because i think it depends it depends on the organization it depends on what you're trying to achieve you know and i think you always have to have those at the forefront of your mind and i think any framework you have to use it in a way that makes sense for your organization you need to adapt these frameworks or these ways of working to what suits and how you work now of course in doing that in a lot of frameworks will have a core principle that makes it flow that makes it hand together so you have to be careful not to break the backbone of the framework which you know because then otherwise it turns into a mess and what i mean by that is like let's say you decide to take something like safe um and you say okay we're going to take the pi planning part but then we're going to ignore the portfolio part you know um and then we're going to take uh you know that doesn't work right so you you really need to do a lot of research into how the frameworks are designed to work and then i think coupled with a good understanding of your organizational objectives then i think you get to a point where you where you understand better what will work for you because otherwise you're in danger of just following a recipe right yeah. a recipe to cook something that you never thought you were yeah. making yeah i uh, completely agree and um uh, i believe that uh, these frameworks um they might be a good starting point uh, and uh, i believe some organizations will never be able to start their transformation journey without uh because they have uh, sort of um uh, they have these safe uh, command and control structures uh, they're uh, built uh, in a way that suits using frameworks very well uh and they won't be able to get into a more agile direction without 
but then again it's only a starting point uh, if, uh, if it's uh, the necessary first step to on the journey uh, and the uh, later on, they uh, should be used for inspirations, uh, views on how others have actually m made this work. But then again, you have to get into your your own organization, know how your organization works, and find out what suits your organization best. Mm. Uh, because there is no uh, uh, one-size-fits-all uh, Definitely not. And the important thing is that you have uh, this vision of uh, where are you actually going? Why are you wanting to go there? Uh, what are you actually trying to achieve? Uh, like you said, Nanda. Yeah. And uh, I, I believe uh, most or even all transformation journeys go so f much far beyond the f the frameworks themselves and uh, uh but they, they might be a good starting point uh, and uh, if, if you want to go within uh, 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 the transformation journey you have to assess your culture uh, there are lots of frameworks uh, some will suit some organizations some won't and um, uh, I don't think that uh, if, uh, only because you know safe or you know less or you know Spotify model or whatever, that you should try to implement that in every organization because it won't work. Exactly. Uh, you have to know your organization and, and uh, match the most suiting framework to your organizations and uh, let that become your starting point and Absolutely. then uh, s uh, starting to develop it f uh, further on to uh, actually become agile I, I i absolutely agree and i like i like that you know it's 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 a good starting point because you know it's it is scary you know when when you're a large organization embarking on a change you know and and that for me is the danger right it it can lull you into a false sense of security it's like if you just follow these steps you will become agile, you know, um, and and it and it's it, and sometimes it's okay when you start, as you as you said several times, it's it's a good starting point to to help you align where you want to go. But being a less practicing organization or a Spotify organization or a safe organization is not the goal. Do you sort of mean? So it's it's it helps you on a journey, but it is not your end state. At some point, you need to move beyond these, you know, because at some point you have you've learned about your organization. You've you know, you've you've learned about the patterns of how you work. You know, this now becomes part of your mindset and your DNA. So you evolve beyond a strict framework, right, to the new normal of how your organization works. But yes, it's, you know, frameworks can help you, you know along that journey but it shouldn't be that if we implement everything in x we'll be agile that that, that i think is the the full sense of security that they can potentially um give you yeah i agree i see from marketing organization that one of the let's say reactions that 
show that we are on the right track, of course, in a far, far smaller magnitude, is that when the team itself begins to suggest what to do next. So instead of, instead of the practice being led, it is facilitated together. And it can be that an individual, like a random person in the team can suggest that, how about we made a template for this? And how about we tried to follow that template for the way we work and everybody did that. So if like concretely speaking, if we had a template of a task in Jira with subtasks laid out, and then every time we do this, we always do it the same way. And, um, and, and that's, a, that's a measure for me that something is right when the people begin to involve not only the execution of something, but also the definition of how the things should be. And that involvement then becomes some sort of a milestone. What are your thoughts on that? I completely agree. And uh, uh, I believe that it's a measure of um, actually uh, that you have been able to change their mindset, which is the really important thing that we discussed uh, earlier on. And uh, uh, when uh, uh, I think the important thing of uh, uh, sort of the agile transformation journey is uh, this improvement culture uh, that everyone is uh, allowed and is uh, uh, stimulated to actually suggest improvements and uh, there could be really small things uh, like uh, switching the order of two buttons in UI or uh, like you said uh, implementing templates or uh, it doesn't necessarily involve major development or uh, a big change but um, the consequences or uh, the effect of those changes could potentially be large. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I think and I think what you mentioned, um, Lapo, is is more that uh, this is the patterns. You know, these are you know once you adopt it, these are the patterns you start to see within your organization, which leads you to understanding what works best, and so therefore you're able to adapt. You know, you're able to adapt the initial framework that you implemented vanilla to suit you more. You know, then then you start the you know the evolvement as a you know the evolution uh, uh, process. Um, but I think I think the other thing as well is you know just to be you know I think to, to be quite concrete here. You know, back to the point where I said you know one of my bugbears is you know mm. we stick agile in front of everything. You know, I mean of course organizations today are innovating. Punctum, right? <laughs> Regardless, they are they are making changes, they're making decisions, they are doing things, right? You know, without having to use the word or, or using the label of agile. But I guess you know it, it's important to emphasize that we want this to happen at all levels of the organization, which is where the the mindsets come in, right? You know, when we talk about things like autonomy and you know making decisions at the lowest level, it's really about ensuring that you know innovation or creation is not the remit of one department in the organization called the innovation department for example right it is the job of everyone in the organization and they are empowered to to make the improvements in the best way possible in order for them to achieve their job and not necessarily constantly having to seek permission to improve so i think it's kind of important to sort of at least highlight 
you know, what are the benefits when we talk about agile? It's not just for the sake of it. Because, you know, we, we as human beings, you know, we are, how do you say this, motivated to constantly do better. But we want everybody to want to do better, I guess. So should you say that the, that you are in the right place where there is no longer a need for an executive sponsor, which is probably one of the important words from the from between 2000 and 2010 in the IT projects. I don't know how frequent that is nowadays, but then it was really a thing to have an executive sponsor. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, as long as someone, to, someone still has to sign the checks, right? <laughs> so, you know, um, it, it depends on what, the, you know, what we now want to define. Yeah. Yes, and uh, if a really important uh, aspect here is that uh, you could have the most agile enterprise in the world uh, but it still has to uh, operate within this world which isn't necessarily that agile uh, we have uh, legal regulations and financial regulations and uh, if, uh, other companies that they will collaborate with and they are not necessarily that agile and that leads to uh, you will always uh, have uh, interfaces between where you can be agile and where you actually need these traditional uh, sort of uh, um, uh, this uh, where you have these interfaces and uh, where uh, it meets something that is traditional and you can't you can't sort of deal with it uh, you have to uh, accept it and uh, make your processes meet the external processes it could be from banks it could be from go- governments it could be yeah, from context uh, isn't it what you said i mean we yeah. we still have to work yeah so uh, if, uh, because uh, even in uh, in as a ceo you don't you can't control uh, how you're going to operate with the governments, uh, with the external actors as uh, banks and uh, other um, uh, companies that are outside your control. Shall we try to yeah. address the two other questions we still have remaining? One is an important question about control. And then I think we still have one more remaining. But anything else to say about involvement or shall we just take a deeper dive on the control part? I, I would say let's go into control part. Yes, let's take <laughs> a control of the control. Um, and, and this is, I, I alluded to the executive sponsor before, uh, which is that the, the, the leadership and control sort of traditionally go hand in hand. And uh, it, it can be, as I said before, in, in a smaller scale, um, the team comes up with the ideas and team takes lead of the development of their way of working. And it it can feel like you are letting go of control. So how, how does that work in the Agile enterprise? It's always this uh, balance between control and agility. And um, uh, it's difficult and difficult. Uh, um, Many uh, uh, agile uh, sort of evangelists they're um, talking about this. Uh, do you actually have control, or 
are we having an illusion of control? Uh, but uh, I believe that uh, most leaders uh, have to uh, build up trust to their employees. Um, trust is an important keyword here. Um, and uh, making uh, or understanding that their employees, they are working for the best possible results. Um, and uh, uh, I know it's difficult to let go of control and uh, it's uh, it's difficult to uh, sort of change the mindset again uh, of the leaders for this part. But uh, um, some sort of change management, you have lots of different frameworks for that as well. Uh, but uh, uh, change management... Uh, all these frameworks have something in common. Uh, it's about understanding of why we change. Uh, it's about understanding where we are going with the change. Uh, and it's uh, being able to actually change and then have reinforcement. And um, uh, I believe uh, this sort of... Um, uh, this... Uh, change management practice uh, has to be applied to leaders as well for their mindset change and the important thing is understanding they have to understand why we're actually doing this and why this will lead to better results for the team afterwards and uh, when they really do understand why it's easier to understand, uh, to uh, to gain their desire to actually do this as well. Yeah, I think I think uh, for me it is similar to what you just mentioned, Christopher. I, I would I would actually want I would actually want to get to the bottom of the the what is the what is the need? Why why do we want control? And for me, I don't relegate this to just managers or leaders having control because I think this is true at all levels within the organization. You know, whether you know your remit is your is your team, you know, or whether it's like the the your one person and you have control, you know, or full responsibility of a bunch of systems and you want to maintain it. You know, so so looking at the control in 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 the wider context and not just you know one one group of individuals within an organization you know you'd always want to get to the bottom of um why why is that need there and i think that's what we want to address right um you know and i think quite often it's it's about transparency right there's a number of key things it's about understanding what's going on and have full transparency as to what's going on and then the second thing is about having a, a level of blamelessness a blameless you know culture right if you're able to miraculously achieve both things simultaneously i think that and i like the word you know I like the phrase the illusion of control i think i think that that need for you know that illusion of control that you think you have will dissipate because everything you need is transparent, is available. You can get the information, you know where to get the information, and we don't point fingers when we don't have the right version of the information or we got it 
last or, or didn't get it first or whatever. So I think, you know, when we when we talk about control, we have to start to look at the organizational culture, actually. Right. This is what it's sort of like, you know, I, I'm going to throw in the Westrums, you know, um, different organizational types in here, you know. And, and the point is we, we want to move to a more generative culture. Right. And in order to be able to do that, there are so many things. And one of them is is getting to the bottom of, you know, why we have this need and what we can do to remove it. Because it, it's, it's difficult to tell someone to just, you have to let go of control. And I'm like, okay, fine, but then what are you going to replace it with? <laughs> you know, and then, and then the next natural question should be, well, what is it you want to know, Landy? And then I can tell you, and then we, you know, then we'll move forward. But just telling somebody to let go of control, you know, it's, it's can't compute. Says the control freak here, by the way. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's 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 not just managers. It's all it's all levels. You know, we're human beings. You know, we we're very territorial, aren't we? You know, um, but you have to give us something else to stop us being territorial. We have to replace it with something else. Yeah, and uh, I believe uh, I believe that um, uh, uh, transparency and trust are fundamental keywords here. Exactly. Uh, so uh, if you as a leader can trust your employees um, and uh, the opposite way as well that you know that your employees trust you as a leader uh, this uh, need of control won't be necessary anymore uh, so it's it's this um, um uh, link between your uh, uh, employees and your you as a leader or uh, you as an employee and your leader to actually uh, you need to have this level of trust so and with trust you uh, blameless uh, blameless um, has come as well uh, because you you know that your employees aren't sort of in, they won't destroy the business they won't, they won't uh, damage it by on purpose uh, exactly if if <laughs> if they uh, uh, work for you and you trust your employees they won't do that and uh, if, and it's not on purpose exactly yeah. 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 Yeah, what what I was thinking about this this control was that there is an underlying assumption that control is bad, but it would be as useful saying that process is bad. Just the question of what form does it take and where do you apply that and to what extent. And of course, in the same way that process can be detrimental, control can also be detrimental, but they can also be useful. And, and it all boils down to people, doesn't it, and how we apply it. Absolutely. Which is which is kind of you know the discussion we were talking about earlier, right? People, people, people. Yeah, we have gone through a long discussion. So we started uh, by by the basic premise on why should an enterprise want to be agile. We discussed about the enterprise architecture. Then uh, we gave enough attention to the frameworks, and that's enough of it. Discussed about where to start, how to involve, and now the lastly what what's our approach to control and this has been a hugely interesting conversation 
So maybe we can wrap this conversation by up by talking about good practices instead of best practices. Or even common, or even common practices. Common practices, yeah. even better. Right. And uh, yeah, let's finish there, but give floor back to you, to Christopher and Ananda, just to talk about the common practices, good practices, how to summarize all of this conversation. Yeah. Um, I think that the important thing is actually to uh, if, um, start small, know what you're actually wanting to achieve and why you want to achieve it. Um, and then you uh, sort of when if you want to become more agile, uh, you can't take it in in a giant leap. You have to take it. You have to implement it in an agile way, increment by increment, bit by bit. Um, and you have to know or and accept that you will fail. Uh, you will learn. Uh, um, that uh, everything you do won't be successful every time. Um, but uh, if, uh, if in the sort of macro perspective, you will get closer and closer as time goes by. And uh, that's the important thing. You have to really understand how your organization is put together. And there is um, uh, this is where uh, enterprise architecture could be a uh, uh, or describing the enterprise architecture could be come to help uh, and then you have to share the this big elephant in pieces and it has to be smart pieces because it's it's not uh, if, um, you have to take it in the right direction uh, or in the right uh, right order and uh, that's important uh, but uh, if uh, understanding the why and everyone involved has to understand why we change uh, is a fundamental part and they have to understand that this includes changing the mindset and changing the involved people themselves it's not about uh, drawing some uh, fancy uh, process diagrams or uh, changing some uh, IT tools or uh, changing the org chart. Uh, this is all about changing how people think. Hmm. Yeah, no, good. I mean, I think I think you touched upon a lot of the things that I would have said as well. You know, Christopher, I think I think you know the the maybe two or three key things that i would highlight in terms of you know what is good practice when when embarking on on such a thing it's you know always remember why you're doing this right i mean that has got to be at the forefront of your mind you know there is a business reason for doing this you're not changing for the sake of doing this so at each point of your journey is this getting me closer to my business objectives, right? Which means, you know, that you kind of have to have a baseline, right? Of where you started so that you can know, you know, you can basically plot your journey of, of improvement. So I think it's really important to, to constantly 
be aware of where you're going and and you know redirect yourself to make sure that you're you're moving towards that goal it doesn't mean that the goal doesn't change you know but you know if the goal changes then you adapt so for me that's that's very good practice um the other thing that i would also say is like you know i think look a transformation or a change is not something that's done to you as an organization you're the one that's doing it you have to do it you have to engage you can get experts to come in and advise you and help you to um you know help you to understand good practices you know help you to gain from other industries within your area that have done this okay coach you but you're the one who has to do it right it's 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 nobody can come in and change your mindset that has to come from within so i i think i think those are the two two kind of good practice things you know the 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 management the leadership everyone needs to be engaged in this and you all have to be going in the same direction and and, and as you said christopher you have to understand why you know you're going in this direction and you will lose some people along the way and that's okay you know um not everybody wants to change and 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 i think that's okay too uh so yeah i think i think for me those those are really um the main things when you're talking about a transformation it's a long it's a long journey it's a marathon right you know you need to have the stamina for it it's not going to be easy yeah i truly agree and um i believe that um uh, you have to have a vision of where you are going um which is sort of the goal and that's the uh, the place uh, that everyone wants to go uh, then you should have a strategy to, to be the map how to achieve the vision uh, you have uh, the world uh, that you, the op- company operates uh, within that uh, is the actual road uh, then you have this organizational culture um with all the people uh, within it's uh, the vehicle we are actually driving and then you have uh, the enterprise architecture uh, with uh, the people the competences uh, the processes the mindset and everything that is the capability of actually driving this vehicle towards the goal and uh, if, uh, if uh, everyone wants to have uh, a best uh, or uh, uh, if you are going towards the goal everyone has to help uh, because you can't um, uh, you want to have uh, these uh, small children uh, if, uh, in uh, in the back seat that are uh, messing up and uh, shouting and yelling at each other uh, because that won't get you towards the goal. And uh, if alignment is an important thing here, uh, that you have to actually, uh, if, uh, you have to see and understand the goal in more or less the same way throughout the entire organization. Thank you for listening. You can find links to the social media profiles of Christopher and Lande in the show notes, alongside related materials pertaining to enterprise agile transformation. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and give us a rating on our platform. It means the world to us. 
Also check out our other episodes for interesting and exciting talks. Before closing up, I am going to let Christopher and Lande to introduce themselves. All I say now is take care of yourself and remember that the framework is only a good start. I'm Christopher Rieng and work as Enterprise Architect Consultant and Commitment, focusing on Agile methods and mindset and continuous improvement. My passions are enterprise agility, organizational culture and leadership in change, and see these as really important factors for company survival in the decades to come. My name is Andy Kasberg, I work for Epicode. Uh, I'm responsible for our operations in um, Norway, and in addition to that I am responsible for our transformation program business in Epicode. Some experience um, from the other side of uh, trying to do Agile or digital transformations in organizations. So, yeah, that's me.